Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Hey, welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined as always by my trusty sidekick and partner in crime, Harley Schultz. Harley, how you doing, my man? Oh, you know, it's Monday night and we got some football about to start here on the telly and we're doing our podcast. So all is well with the world. And it's football weather. It's finally in, you know, at, at night, it's in the mid 40s and wake up in the morning, it's in the low 60s. We don't have to worry about that 90-degree humidity type stuff that you get in September with most games now. That is true. Although this past Friday, it did feel quite a bit chillier out there uh, under the Friday night lights than perhaps my body was quite ready for. Well, you got to pack on a few pounds for the winter to, to make it through the spring, right? Yeah, that's the last thing I need. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll get you some electric socks or something. See, that's the thing is, for me, I don't like to wear socks. So during the summer months, I almost never wear socks. During the spring months, I almost never wear socks. And it's not officially Minnesota winter until I actually put socks on. And I was very, very close to doing that on Friday. And I didn't. And at the game, I have to admit, I kind of wish I had. Gotcha. So what is, tell people, what's the temperature that Harley Schultz declares it's sock weather, is it? 32 degrees? Is it negative degrees? What is it? Well, it's not even 32 degrees per se. For me, it's when we start getting accumulative snow. It's when you start getting snow that can get inside your shoe, then you need the socks. And last year, we had that here in Minnesota, uh, actually this week. Uh, It was the second or third week in October last year that we got a, a sizable amount of snow for the first time. Now, we haven't seen that yet this year, but our neighbors to the west in North Dakota saw, in Fargo, North Dakota, I should say, saw sizable accumulation last week. So we know the snow isn't too far away, which probably means I'll be wearing socks in the next week or two. I think we did this backwards, people. I think that what I should have done was waited till after Harley's done the segment I'm getting ready to throw it over to him for, and then we could have done an update on the weather. Maybe that's something we look at doing in the future. I don't know. Um, But I will say this. Right now, it is time for me to throw it over to Mr. Harley Schultz for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The Seattle Seahawks have reached out to Cam Newton following week number two with Geno Smith under center. If the team is seriously considering Newton then perhaps Russell Wilson's injury is more serious than we all believe it is. I'm personally shocked by this move, as Cam is one of the few free agents who makes Geno Smith look like an actual NFL starting quarterback. (laughs) Alex Collins suffered multiple lower body injuries on Sunday Night Football. I mean, it makes sense. I know my lower body would hurt too, if I had to carry an entire NFL team on my back. (laughs) 
Speaking of injuries, stop me if you've heard this before, but Paris Campbell is out indefinitely with various injuries once again. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Richard Sherman avoided an IR visit when his MRI came back as only a minor hamstring injury. He will still miss a few games with the injury. With all of their secondary melodies, I wonder which cornerback Tom Brady will lure out of retirement next. At this point, I'm partially surprised that they just don't convert Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson to defensive back, seeing as how neither gets any snaps on offense. <laughs> and finally, Kareem Hunt will miss at least a month with a calf injury. As of now, it appears that Nick Chubb may return from his calf injury of his own to play this Thursday. If Chubb isn't fully ready, we will get some combination of Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton. My money is on Johnson, because I've been always told about the importance of being earnest. And also, because here in America, we don't use Demetric system. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. <sighs> I hate the metric system. I've been waiting to use that one all year. Sorry. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I thought you were going to say something about Johnson, so I'd rather have the stuff about the, the metrics. Um, I didn't want to get beeped. Yeah, you may have. We may have had to stop and start over. <laughs> so, all right, folks, for tonight, we're going to have our normal DFS segment. We'll finish with that. And if Harley's ready, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about IR stashing. We're not saying to stash. We're going to tell you how to stash, which means do you or don't you? Would you agree? Uh, yes. Uh, basically, right now, we're getting into that point in the season where a lot of players who were either on IR at the start of the year or on pup list to start the year are now eligible to be activated. So these are players that you may not have on a roster right now. They, they may be on the free agent wire and they're eligible to return soon here. So is this someone that maybe you want to go grab right now in advance of their activation? Or if you have these players on your roster right now, do you want to hold them on your roster in, in case your league doesn't have IR eligibility for players? As we enter by Mageddon here this week, where there's going to be six teams not playing. You may need one of those bottom of your bench spots for a replacement for one of your subs uh, for someone that might be on buy this week. So two things. One, when I looked at the DFS stuff, when you call it buy, get buy Mageddon, you're not kidding because it actually looked like the full week slate was for a Thursday game. Well, and it, it's really scary this week. And, and we can look at it this way. There were actually 12 teams that are not playing on the main Sunday slate this week. You've got Sunday night football, you've got Monday night football, you've got Thursday night football, and then you've got six teams on by. It's actually the same as last week when we had the the three off-night games. We had four teams on by, and we had the two teams in the early London game, which was not on the main slate. But last week, the teams that were on by weren't, weren't, weren't that big of a factor. This week... We're losing a lot of quality teams out of the main uh, millionaire slates here. You, you've got the Cleveland Browns on Thursday. You've got Indianapolis. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to be off. You've got the Saints. Uh, you've got Seattle. Obviously, it's Geno Smith now, but 
you're, you're losing out on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen's off the slate. Stephon Diggs is off the slate. You've got the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. So many names. The Chargers, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Austin Eckler, all off the slate. Cowboys, Dak Prescott and his, uh, his sore leg off the slate. you got the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. So many quality fantasy players either on by or, in the case of DFS, off the main slate. But for a regular league, obviously you don't need to worry about the teams playing on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. But you do need to worry about all those teams on by, and there's a lot of quality teams on by, including the Buffalo Bills who are watching tonight on Monday Night Football. So you're going to get hate mail from people for not saying Najee Harris when you you know listed all the people from the Steelers, but just wanted to say that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so when it comes down to, though, when you're talking by – is there are leagues that are going to have unlimited IR spots. There are going to be leagues that have limited IR spots. There are going to be leagues that have no IR spots. There are going to be leagues that have, we'll call it, modified IR, where a player can be out or doubtful and still go on to IR, even though they're not on injured reserve for their own, for the NFL. For me, the key here is to know what your needs are. What's your record? Are you 5-0 and or are you 0-5? If you're 5-0 and and you've got Michael Thomas and you don't have an IR and you've had him rostered, right, and you've mm-hmm. got a couple tough matchups, you're like, I really need to get somebody to replace such and such, let's say Kareem Hunt, I don't really see the benefit of getting him for Michael Thomas. At 5-0, and guess what? You can sit Michael Thomas on your, on your roster and just decide to go with what you have. If you're 0 and 5 or 1 and 4 or 2 and 3, maybe you can't do that. So I'm going to let you drive this. I'll, I'll interject as we go. But I think that's the key that people have to understand. It's not a one size fits all. You have to really look at how the situation fits you and your league and where you are and what your record looks like and who you're playing and all that good stuff. I absolutely 100% agree with your take on that there. I believe there's a lot of situations where. If, if your team needs a win this week, then this is the point in the season where you have to throw all caution to the wind. If it means trading a stud to get two or three studs to get you this win this week, or, or two or three quality players to get you the win this week, if your team desperately needs a win, this is usually the week in the season when the playoff teams and the also-rans are clearly defined. So know that's a factor again. If you if you're a team to sit maybe like a two and uh, two and six, uh, I'm sorry, not two and six, uh, two, two and, and four. Yeah, two and four. You you might need the win. You might need the win this week. Uh, three and three might be able to slide it by. If you're sitting at four and two or five and one, obviously you're you're in pretty good shape right now. Yep, that's. I mean, that's just what you have to know. You have to look at those things, and also you have to look at who you're playing. Are you playing one of the top scoring teams in your league that's normal or are you playing one of the lower scoring teams or are you playing a team that has a couple of their key players out on by and they really felt the injury bug this week or the, or the past week? And you go, oh, I might be able to slide by them as is and still stay with my, my game plan that I had from you know when I came out of this thing from the draft. I don't know. Who are we going to start talking about? Well, you brought him up already. Let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. Michael Thomas. And, and in addition, we've also got his wide receiver running mate there in New Orleans, Traquan Smith. 
Both are technically eligible to come off of IR this week. Now, early reports are that Michael Thomas will not be ready to play this week. He's going to need at least another couple of weeks to get himself ready. But Traquan may actually be back out there this week. Now, in the last few weeks, we've seen Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris both uh, perform adequately in that offense. I actually think Callaway is actually starting to grow on me a little bit. He was kind of really pimped this preseason. A lot of players, a lot of fancy players were really excited about him in the preseason. Then he didn't do very much the first couple of weeks, but now he's kind of got his feet under him and he's starting to perform well. Unfortunately, Harris suffered an injury of his own this week. So now the team needs to get Traquan Smith back sooner rather than later, but their schedule gets progressively easier over the next month or so. So Traquan is one of those guys that he may be out there on the free agent wire. You might be able to nab him this week, and I, I think you should. Yeah, I mean, I can see if, if you have a need. Um, warm bodies at this point are important. And, and I'm just going to pivot right to Michael Thomas and say, you know, he's somebody that if you can at any, you know, without really hurting yourself, if you can keep him stashed or stash him, because maybe somebody was in that position that we talked about earlier where they were winless or only had one win or two wins and they felt like they couldn't wait this past week so they had to drop him to pick somebody up and maybe you'll find him on the waiver wire because of that I think that he's somebody that I would prioritize getting though if you have the room for him exactly and remember he's not going to play for at least a couple more weeks so again if you have him and you don't see yourself as a playoff team yet you might as well try to trade him under name value right now. Yep. Sell to your sell to your opposition the fact that he is eligible to come off of IR this week. Now, I'm not saying you should not tell them that he's probably not going to play this week, but they may see that information that he's eligible to come off IR and run with that. I mean, we saw it in plain view last year. How many games did Michael Thomas miss? After we all expected him to be back. It seemed like every week is like Michael Thomas could play this week. And then, of course, he didn't. Yeah. And you know what else? The other way to sell it is you sell it as, look, let me help you and you me. I'll help you. You help me. Um, you've got a strong enough team. You can take this guy and you can give me <coughs> player A and B. And it's not really going to hurt you that much. And when he comes back, even if it's not this week, you're going to be set up in a good spot. I'll be fighting to try and keep up with you. And I want that to happen, so I really need the two guys I'm trying to get from you. And just play it honest that way. Um, try and find a win-win. Okay, well, uh, there's another team down in the south there that uh, has a player that might be coming back in the wide receiver room, and that's Michael Gallup. I think his return to the Dallas Cowboys is getting closer and closer to imminent. And it's very important that they get him back because I feel that we're seeing almost too much playing time for guys like Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown. And I think it's shown a little bit in how the Cowboys have played as a team. You you can't have that offense and just have Amari Cooper, who's been dinged up himself, and CeeDee Lamb as the only two options. You, you've got to have a legitimate third option. And while Cedric Wilson has played admirably, uh, he's also dinged up now. And we saw at the end of the game, like I said, they were trotting out Noah Brown as their third receiver, which is not promising for that team going forward. So getting Gallup back is very good. And Gallup's another guy, kind of like Traquan Smith, that his owners probably dropped if they didn't have IR space for the player. 
You probably can find him on the free agent wire, and he will be back sooner rather than later. We're talking next week or two. Yeah, and if you know what, even if you're not interested in him, I'm going to point this out. I think Gallup's addition to that offense is addition by addition by addition. What I mean is that's addition to his value. It's an addition to Dak's value, and it's actually, I think, an addition to both C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper's value because it is truly well, again, another threat. D- Dallas is also on by this week, so it gives Dak an extra week to heal up. Uh, he obviously left the game. Uh, a little dinged up last week, so hopefully he's ready to return uh, after their bye. Doesn't sound like his injury is very severe. But again, it's Dak. He's obviously coming off of a major injury last year, so you always got to be a little concerned. But again, they have a week off. Gallup might be out of sight, out of mind. If he wasn't stashed on someone's IR, he's probably sitting out on the free agent wire, and he's definitely worth adding. Yep, definitely, especially with more bye weeks to cover. He's definitely at least somebody you can use to cover bye weeks. Uh, In that same division, uh, the Washington football team uh, will be getting back Ryan Fitzpatrick soon. Now, you can wonder whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick will actually overtake Taylor Heineke for the starting job once he gets back out there. Uh, I personally think he will. Uh, Heineke has done well this year, but he's starting to show his inexperience. Last couple weeks in particular, I feel, uh, when he's been shorthanded in the wide receiver room, that he's been a little bit uh, shaky, so to speak, under center. I think that one of the reasons he's looked well and people have looked fondly upon him is because there was zero expectation of him. And the more tape the teams get, the worse he's going to look because he's just not a transcendent type ta- talent. Not that Fitzpatrick is, but you know what? I still think that you're right. I think that we do see Fitz back under center at some point sooner than later. Well, and Washington still has uh, visions of being a playoff team this year. But again, with the injuries they've sustained, I mean, Curtis Samuel back out once again. Uh, Dammy Brown missed a couple of games with an injury. He came back this week. Logan Thomas is currently out. Uh, he's due back in a week or two. Uh, but Antonio Gibson doesn't sound very good right and, now. Antonio Gibson does not sound promising right now. No, it, it sounds like he went from playing through his shin injury. He needed an MRI today on that. That's never a good sign to come out of something feeling worse than when you went in it if you if you went into the game hurt. So yeah, it, it looks like that team might have some issues going forward and when you've got a young, inexperienced quarterback, you want as many tools around that player as possible. And right now, Washington doesn't have that. At least they can depend on their defense. Oh, wait. <laughs> yes, uh, that one we'll just leave no comment on. <laughs> there you go. Okay, next. Okay, a uh, couple last teams here in the NFC. Uh, a player to really keep an eye on this week uh, is for the Seattle Seahawks is Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny has been designated to return. Uh, he's eligible to return this week, and he may actually start this week for Seattle because Chris Carson is still nursing his severe neck injury, and Alex Collins, as I mentioned in the news this week, has suffered multiple lower body injuries, uh, including injuries to his gluteus, that's the butt for people that don't know science terms, and to his hip. Those are two important parts of a running back's physique. Now, you take those two parts out, and that means that somebody has to carry the ball for Seattle. And right now, it looks like it's going to be Rashad Penny. 
Yeah, and I mean, Carol's on record as saying that he is going to be activated this week and is quote-unquote full speed ready to roll. Um, I will place one bit of warning, though. And before I do that, just let me rattle off some names here. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Rob <laughs> Gronkowski. Um, let me think who else. Yeah, that'll probably do it. There's got to be more. Um, Curtis Samuel, I believe, is one of them. Uh, Mike Williams of late. These are all guys I have rostered that have the injury bug is bitten a little bit. I just want everybody to know that I have Rashad Penny on a roster. Um, it was in advance of this week, so my apologies if he only gets two quarters in. Yeah, I mean, if he does go out, it, it could leave the team even more shorthanded. I mean, they have DJ Dallas, who's more of a change of pace back, and they've got Travis Homer, who is a true pass-catching back. So if you need a if you're in a pinch and you need a PPR back for the next week or two during all the buys, you might consider him as an option. But Penny actually has looked good both in the rushing and passing game in the past when he's been given the opportunity to play things. The problem with Penny has always been, like you said, keeping him healthy and keeping him on the field. He's yeah. been kind of a, a a medical miracle, so to speak, that he's actually able to play sometimes. And I think that because of perception of him and – his past, et cetera. I think that he's somebody that you actually will find on the wire and that you can make a bid for this week. Exactly. Uh, another NFC team getting someone back soon is Marquez Valdez Scantling for the Packers. Uh, you know, you, you think that you've got a Packer wide receiver and they're going to have value, obviously, because it's Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But the fact of the matter is, no. it, th- yeah, they don't. It, it's Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. And Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and maybe Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Yep. And then back to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. The subsequent wide receivers for Green Bay every year, we always talk about one of them possibly breaking out. Is it going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Is it going to be Ellen Lazard? Is it going to be Equinemia St. Brown? Is it going to be Amari Rodgers? No one ever does. It's still the same old, same old there in Green Bay. It's 48-plus percent target share going to Devontae Adams. So, And don't forget Robert you know, Oh, wait a minute. That's right. They forgot about Robert Tanyan, too. They forgot about Robert Tanyan. He's not even part of the passing game anymore. It's just more targets for Adams. Yep. So, yeah, uh, not somebody I'd prioritize. But trust me, I would get uh, it if somebody did with how bad some of these situations are. That I get. But, no. Not what, one player in that same division I might prioritize is Tyrell Williams. <laughs> Got to have somebody to throw to throw the ball there too, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Tyrell Williams has obviously got the most experience of anybody that will be on the Detroit Lions. I do mean anybody. We're not just talking wide receiver room. We're talking every single position. But it seems like with Williams, we've, we've kind of always seen his ceiling. Tyrell Williams' ceiling is 700 yards and seven touchdowns. That That's his greatest season so when you look at him let's say he plays half this season for Detroit that means you're looking at maybe 350 yards and three touchdowns are you really going to prioritize that if I'm Detroit I I don't even care to activate this guy I'd rather give the snaps to guys like Khalif Raymond and Kaderil Hodge and, and most importantly Amon Ross St. Brown, who did not get enough targets last week. He should have been targeted a lot more than he was. Seven. Finally in the second half. Well, six of those came in the second half of the game. Yeah. 
Five for 26. He's somebody I actually picked up last week in hopes that we see him start to get a little more love going forward. He was one of the few players that kind of uh, uh, put a kibosh on some of my uh, major winning lineups this week, this past week in DFS. Uh, but I do like him going forward. But again, yeah, Tyrell's coming back. He's obviously going to be the veteran of the group. The best thing about Tyrell coming back is from a fantasy standpoint, that means that he will draw opposing teams' best cornerbacks, which should make the other younger wide receivers have a little bit more value. But again, I, I wouldn't bother wasting a spot on Tyrell Williams, even, no. e- even during Bimageddon. I would agree with that. I would. You'd have to be in a pretty deep league or really decimated for that to happen. Okay, going over to the AFC, uh, a player that's kind of intrigued me by the amount of times I've seen him sitting on the waiver wire lately is Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. Uh, can you enlighten our uh, listeners with insight as to how much longer you think he's going to be out? I mean, it, it's always reading the tea leaves. I think that we see him back inside of a week to two tops. That's what it sounds like to me. Um but no, he should not be on the waiver wire for anybody. He's not somebody that I would have expected that would have been dropped, quite honestly. I think that you know you have to have somebody, even if he's got Teddy 2TD throwing the ball out there, he's still worth rostering in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I am really surprised that the number of leagues that I've seen him sitting out on free agent wire, though, on it's, it, it's kind of crazy because he is the best receiver on that team when he's healthy. Right. I mean, he's look, he was on IR, designated for return, so he's got the chance to return on Thursday. But if he doesn't, I still think that we then see him the following week. So, because that'll give him, what, 10 days to get ready? Yep. So, I would make the, the ad now. If he's out there now, I'd add him now, not wait to see if he's going to play or not. And then if he does, fine, icing on the cake. If he doesn't, you know that you did it for the future. Another player in kind of that same boat is Jarvis Landry with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, again, I am surprised to see how many teams just cut Jarvis Landry when he got put on IR. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like there's a lot of viable throwing object, uh, throwing objects, throwing options for Cleveland to, oh, to put the ball to. No, no, now, no. There are, a lot of objects, there are a lot of objects being thrown at the Browns right now <laughs> by their fans. Trust me. <laughs> uh, is, is the team going to hold on to Odell Beckham or is, is he legitimately on the trading block? I don't think he's legitimately on the trading block. And even if he is... Um, what would anyone give for him? It's not, going to imp- <laughs> it's not going to impact Jarvis Landry's value in my mind. Um, so he's somebody like Judy. If he's available, he's a solid, minimally solid wide receiver three once he's back. Like, there's nobody that's going to unseat what he, what he means to that offense, you know? Well, so, here's the question. In game, if Baker Mayfield suffers a setback to his shoulder... Jarvis Landry may be the backup quarterback, too. This, this is true. Um, this is true. Yeah, he may be a couple weeks, maybe three away. Who knows? But he's somebody if, like, look, he's not Michael Thomas when he's at his best, but he's definitely a solid wide receiver, like I said, three that can give you some two upside every now and then, that if you can roster him, be it on IR or because you have deep benches, I'd do so. Uh, one other true quarterback uh, that's due to come back in the next week or two. Uh, it sounds like he's not going to play this week, but he definitely will be back within a week or two, and that's Tyrod Taylor for the Houston Texans. Now, at the start of the year this year, Taylor looked legitimate. 
and then he got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it seems it seems like a recurring story for Tyrod Taylor. At this point, I don't know if he sees the field, though. Do you really think they would keep playing Davis Mills over him? <sighs> well, the tank has to be on a little bit, right? Yes. And why not see what you have in Mills and let him play out? And more than likely, honestly, Mills will get hurt at some point, and then Tyrod's going to see the field again. But, yeah, I don't – I like, look at it where Fitzpatrick, Heineke, Taylor – and Mills, I think that Mills, they want to keep in that spot. Heineke, I'm not sold on. So I, th- I see them as completely opposite. I wouldn't be shocked if Tyrod got back under center. I just have a feeling that we're going to see a few more weeks of, of Mills before they pull any strings. I think you've got a good point about the possibility that uh, he doesn't see the field, not so much because he isn't the better quarterback, but because they don't want the better quarterback under center. Now, obviously, Deshaun Watson... Uh, his days are numbered in Houston, so they have to see what they're going to do next year. I, I actually thought, though, based on the way Tyrod started the season, that perhaps he would end up being the future in Houston. Possible. He's not that old. I mean, but yeah, it, it seems Houston. like he's old because he's been around for a while. But uh, he, you're right; he really isn't that old by the status of quarterbacks in the NFL. But this is Houston we're talking about, so nothing makes sense. Exactly. Uh, is there anyone else currently uh, hiding on IR that uh, you, you kind of want to stash or, or you think should be uh, brought onto rosters now? These are just some of the more fantasy-relevant players that I found. Yeah, I mean, I think that if Christian McCaffrey's on your waiver wire, I definitely think he's somebody that you should know. <laughs> no, I, I can't really think of anybody um, off the top of my head. Um, I was fearful that Tyreek Hill was going to land there because he had that hamstring that he went out with, but then he came back, caught a touchdown. Um, and it would have been fitting for this year. But no, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I'm sure there might be somebody slipping my mind and somebody that one of our listeners is owning and, and going, wait, talk about him. Um, sorry, can't do it. Well, and, and speaking of McCaffrey, I mean, obviously you joke about him being uh, someone you might pick him up on IR, but uh, what happened there? I mean, all signs were pointing to him possibly playing this week as late as Thursday. And then all of a sudden... Not only is he inactive for the game, but they put him on IR. So the only thing that makes any sense is that he did something to um, re-injure himself during practice. That's the only thing that makes any sense. He had to re-aggravate the injury. But we really didn't see anything at all from Matt Rule in regard to this. So, Yeah, um, it, it is what it is, but that's what it and that's what I believe, and I've, I saw a few medical professionals on Twitter surmise the same thing. Um, it just it makes sense, right? Because otherwise it doesn't. Well, one player we are getting back from injury this week is Kelvin Ridley, uh, although we don't really know if his injury or if it was personal or if he had COVID or whatever, or he, his visa was denied to go to London, but he's coming back this week. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Lane Johnson also. Um, Lane came out with a statement. I guess his was a mental health issue. Um, not that that matters. Maybe it helps Jalen Hurst a little bit this week, and maybe the you know some of the Philly um, offensive players. But yeah, I mean having Calvin Ridley back, coming off a bye against Miami, I think. And look, Miami had both their starting corners out this past weekend. Are they going to be back in time for this week? Or are they going to be a hundred percent? Should be a good week for Calvin. Well, I think that we might talk about Calvin a little bit once we get to the DFS segment here. Okay. Well, that um, that helps me by saying 
We're going to move into our DFS segment now, and I'm going to have Harley set the over-under, and I know there's one that I'm not going to go match on him with, so I might have to pick the under. But no, go ahead. Set your number, buddy. I'm going to say four this week. Four. Short short stack to pick from, too. Um, the short stack, but here's the thing. As amazing as all the talent is that's not playing on the main slate this week, the players who are playing, there are a ton of great matchups this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to take over, but I'm just going to tell you straight up, we're going to push. I think we are pushing, too. That's, that's why I put the line at four. Yep. I'm going to take the over. All right. Get us going. Oh, let's tell people. So if you're new and you don't know, Harley and I go through, and we will give you our pay up, stay away, and value play at each of the four um, positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we do not discuss this beforehand. Neither of us knows what the other is going to do or what we're going to talk about, et cetera. But we like this. Like, we aren't going to find out about it until you do in real time like we are right now. And as Harley hinted at earlier tonight, it is Monday. Um, so this is when it's being done. You should be hearing this on Tuesday. So now, go ahead and let's – we always seem to match on the very first one when we pay off for quarterback. So who are we going to match on at quarterback? Uh, we may not match on quarterback this week because, again, as I said – Every quarterback seems to have a good matchup this week. So when that happens, I like to slide down the money scale a little bit and see where the, the jump in price is and take the best quarterback at the slightly lower price point. And that quarterback this week is Aaron Rodgers versus Washington. Ding, ding, uh, Patrick ding. Mahomes failed to throw for four touchdowns against Washington last week, but the prior three, prior three quarterbacks did. I like the other quarterbacks ahead of Rodgers. They're all very good matchups. But his price is cheaper, and he's just as likely to blow up here. Uh, we match for the same exact reasons that you said. Why spend $1,000 more for Kyler Murray, who has a great matchup, when you get Aaron Rodgers at home for $1,000 cheaper? Exactly. All right. Staying away was a little more difficult. Um, that was really tough for me. There, there were like two guys in the top 12 that – I thought about staying away from them. They're both in the bottom half of the top 12. Uh, everyone else says, like, no, that's a good matchup. No, he's getting back players. No, he's he's got additional weapons now. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, like, I started juggling, and it's like I finally settled on Jalen Hurts. And we have another match. Uh, the 6900 price tag on, on DraftKings is only 600 cheaper than Aaron Rodgers. Yep. He's actually $400 more expensive than Rodgers on FanDuel, which is an insult. Uh, his production has been boosted every single week with garbage time. This game, it smells to me like it's going to be a low-scoring game. And when that happens, you can't really predict a lot of garbage time opportunities. Plus, you know what? He's, he's not going to have either of his tight end safety valves anymore. Uh, Goddard's still hurt. Zach Ertz is now in Arizona. So, Yeah, um, his legs make you always want to like him or not dislike him, right? Yeah. But- you can't live on the fourth quarter alone. And that is where he's been living. So when I picked him as my stay away, it truly is based on that risk reward feeling of, man, the luck has to run out at some point and traveling West to go play the Raiders right now. I'm going to have to draw the line there when there are so many other matchups that I really like. Well, you know, we might actually blow away the line of four things. I think we might match on our value play here. Uh, there's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, I kind of hinted at him a little bit uh, earlier. The My value play is going to be Matt Ryan, Atlanta at Miami. 
Miami is going to be travel lagged. They did not take their bye week following their London visit for no clear reason. Uh, Brian Flores is on the hot seat right now for dumb decisions made in that game. Uh, Ryan and the Falcons, they're coming off their bye. Oh, and they're getting back Kelvin Ridley and Russell Gage. Uh, neither team has much of a defense right now, so you, you got to expect a high-scoring affair. Uh, when that happens, you know what? Give me the more proven quarterback, and that's Ryan. So we do not match. Um, I had Ryan written down. He was my second choice, but I didn't stick with him. I went and I crossed him out, and I went back to my first choice. And, and I have to say, I don't disagree with going Matt Ryan. I think he's safer of the two. Um, but I wound up going with <sighs> ready, Sam Darnold. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I, I think he's uh, he's been kind of maligned the last two weeks. Yeah. Obviously, that coincides with not having Christian McCaffrey a, as a safety valve. But the Giants are like just giving away points at this point. I, I mean, I could go out there and score a touchdown against them. So. And that was the key for me. Um, was being able to see that, look, the Giants are seventh in points allowed to the quarterback position. Um, Miami, they're fifth, so they are a better matchup. And all the other reasons that you said, I just I felt like Darnold's going to have a lower ownership percentage also. Um, and he's right there. I think he's, what, $200 more than Matt Ryan? So that Yeah, price-wise, they're very similar. So that was one of the reasons why I was like, man, you know what? If I'm trying to get a couple of higher-priced guys in my lineup, and Darnold's who's holding me back by a couple hundred bucks, I've got no problem at all switching to Matt Ryan. Okay. Let's roll on over to the running back position. Uh, this was also kind of just a, a weird layout this week because, again, lots of good matchups. I didn't want to take the easy way out and say Saquon Barkley as my stay away, so I, I didn't Agreed. include him there. But Agreed. Uh, my, my pay-up is going to be for Daryl Henderson. The last three weeks, Detroit has allowed an average of 195 combo yards to opposing running back groups. They have also given up 18 receptions and six touchdowns to the position during that span. Meanwhile, Henderson, well, he scored and or topped 100 total yards in every game he has played this year. He did miss that one game with the injury, but every other game he's either topped 100 yards or scored or both. So... While they're not giving up points at the rate that the Lions are to the running back position, I actually went for a pay-up guy that was a little bit cheaper than Daryl Henderson. I couldn't bring myself to call Daryl Henderson a pay-up at $6,600 and eight grand, but there's really nothing wrong with doing that. Um, I actually went with Joe Mixon. $100 cheaper on DraftKings, $800 cheaper on FanDuel. The Ravens have given up, I believe it's the fifth or sixth most points to the running back position, fifth most. Mm -hmm. And it, we saw you know, that Mixon looks like he's back and he's healthy. So, Well, in, in defense of Henderson, he is the fourth highest player on DraftKings at running back and the fourth highest player on FanDuel at that price. So He is. <laughs> he is. But Mixon, Mixon's right there too. So they, they're, they're right back to back. I looked at him, I just was like, I'll feel dirty if I call Daryl Henderson a payup. I don't know why, but it's just not right. It's not a bad call. Um, who are you going to stay away from? We might actually match here. Uh, I'm going to stay away from Derrick Henry. We have a match. Uh, you know, Kansas City is horrible on defense, yep. and Henry is elite on offense. But come on, man, 11,000 on FanDuel? I don't think Christian McCaffrey 
got to the 11,000 mark any of the last couple years when he's been healthy. Uh, you know, most of the running back damage that Casey has allowed this year has been through the air. Now, yes, Derrick Henry is catching more passes this year than in previous years, but that's still not his main thing. Yes, Derrick Henry will probably have 130 total yards, and he will score once, maybe even twice, but that's not going to be three times $11,000. Nope. You're, you're exactly right where, I'm, where my head was with this. Um, I also look at it as Tennessee's at home, and while Kansas City may not be that exciting energetic putting up point after point after point type offense that you want to think that they were in the past. I think that Tennessee knows that if they want to win this game, that they all want to slow down the amount of possessions that Kansas city gets. Right. Well, that yep. in turn gives them fewer possessions. So I do see them leaning on Derrick Henry, but I just don't see three times value. That's, that's exactly what it came down to for me. Yeah. I mean, three times value literally means 27 DraftKings points. Yep. Or 33 FanDuel points. Yes, it could happen. But what's the rest of your roster going to look like? Yeah, 150 yards and two touchdowns. That's your 27 points on DraftKings. Getting to the 33, I mean, that's 200 yards. With, with, with the half PPR only? <laughs> yeah, that's 200 yards and two touchdowns doesn't get you there. Think about yeah. that. Okay. Not good. All right, so we've got three matches. Um, let's go ahead and get our push out of the way right now. Who are you taking as your value play? I am going to take your advice from last week and use J.D. McKissick. 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,700 on FanDuel. Uh, much like last week, Washington will be playing from behind this week. It sounds like Antonio Gibson may completely miss this game because of his shin injury. And if Gibson's out, McKissick will get a lot of the carries on top of all of the passing game work. Now, Green Bay has just been so-so against the run in general this year, but they've given up some decent games to pass-catching backs, guys like DeAndre Swift already this year. So it, it's possible that McKissick, even in a auxiliary role, will have decent production this week. I have to say, I can't believe that you would pay that much for your, for your um, value play. I mean, come on. Five grand <laughs> and fifty seven hundred. I mean, I'm I had to go with Kenyon Drake. He's forty nine hundred and fifty five hundred. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going Kenyon Drake, who's one spot below McKissick. Um, have you seen how the Eagles have played against a run lately? It's looked pretty hilarious. I, I did consider him. I, I still don't know what's going on with that Las Vegas uh, rushing offense. So I mean, Jacobs played, so it's not like Jacobs is hurt, right? No, yeah, and I, I wanted to like Jacobs. He's too high for me to put in as one my pay up and too much for my, my value play. In that same game, I actually thought about going Kenneth Gainwell at $4,200, um, even though that's not based on them running the ball. Um, that's on, based on him being involved in the passing game somewhat. Um, but I think that overall, Drake should be a little bit of a safer play. Um, don't hate the McKissick call. Loved him last week, of course. Um, one of my few good hits this year. Um, but yeah, I'm going Drake as my value play at 4900 and he's a couple hundred bucks cheaper on the other side also. Another guy to look at in that same realm there uh, is the old man, Le'Veon Bell. 4500 on DraftKings, 5200 on FanDuel. It sounds like Latavius Murray is borderline doubtful for this week. Now, it remains to be seen if 
Baltimore will reactivate Tyson Williams this week, but he's basically gotten so far into the doghouse, I don't even know if they'll need to. Plus, I mean, who could have predicted last week that we'd have the unholy uh, trinity of, of Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, and Latavius Murray all scoring in one game? What is this, 2012? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I can't put my, my eggs in that basket, but I understand the thought process. <laughs> Uh, so we did not get a match at the value play there. I thought we might with the McKissick angle, but didn't happen. Nope. All right. Who are we going? Who are you paying up for at wide receiver? And there is only one answer before you say it. Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> That's it. The answer is yeah. Uh, who are you paying up for? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Who are you paying up for? Well, th- there's two answers actually at wide receiver this week. There's I- I'm paying up. I'm paying up for both Devonte Adams and Cooper Cup this week. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. And I actually think you can add Tyreek Hill into that mix also. Uh, you could add DeAndre Hopkins at home versus Houston, too. I mean, the top four price guys on DraftKings all have just hilarious matchups. Uh, DJ Moore is the fifth highest priced guy on DraftKings. He gets the Giants, which it, it sounds like it might be a favorable match, but he might be lined up against James Bradbury. But the other four, uh, you're talking the Detroit secondary, the Houston secondary, the Tennessee secondary and the Washington secondary, all bad. I mean, obviously, for the purposes of this uh, thing, I wrote down Devontae Adams as my pay up. I did too, uh, but I'm I'm cool with any of those four. <laughs> I did too. So there's there's the there's the push. There's the push. Um, we're not going to match on our stay away because you mentioned him as somebody that you would pay up for, and, and I'll explain why he's my stay away. Your stay away is going to be DeAndre Hopkins because you're concerned about what role Zach Ertz will have in his uh, offense there, right? That is part of it. And the fact that Christian Kirk and A.J. Green seeing some love and everything else, and yet you added Ertz in that mix. I love those other three guys so much that, man, I sure would like to see if I get two of those three in my lineup, which means I can't look at Hopkins to do that. Exactly. Well, we're not, we're not matching, and... Uh, I certainly I thought about that as an element to Hopkins. Again, I, I also thought about DJ Moore because, again, I, I'm a little concerned that he gets the Bradbury shadow. But ultimately, I, I looked at the list, and I didn't mind most of the players out on the list until I got down to number 12 on the list, Jamar Chase going up against Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bench another wide receiver, one versus Baltimore. They've given up on average three catches and 44 yards to opposing wide receiver ones this year. Only one of those... Uh, top wide receivers has scored against Baltimore this year. Uh, they do a damn good job of taking away a team's best wide receiver. Uh, you might think that it's questionable who the top receiver is in Cincinnati, but if you ask Joe Burrow, we know who he'll see as the best wide receiver there. Very true. No, I don't disagree with that one at all. Um, I'm sold. Who's going to be your value play? Uh, this was another tough one for me this week. Again, as I'm looking down there, it's like I love the high-priced guys. I, I, there's quite a few guys in the mid-tier that I like, uh, but there wasn't like a really, really cheap option that I just loved. So I kind of took the one of the lower-priced of the middle-tier guys uh, to play this week, and that's Darnell Mooney at Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa's secondary continues to crumble. Now they're going to be without Richard Sherman. Uh, Chicago will be forced to throw the ball in this game to keep up with Tom Brady and the Tampa offense. Uh, but when you look at things, since Justin Fields has taken over, Darnell Mooney has bypassed Allen Robinson in every primary wide receiver stat category except touchdowns. They both have one touchdown since that point. 
But every other category, Mooney leads Allen Robinson, so he's the guy to go to. 4600 on DraftKings is a great price for him. So I'm going down my list, and you know the love I have for Allen Robinson. And I get to Allen Robinson, I'm like, $5,100? Oh, yeah, we're putting Allen Robinson down right here, right now. <laughs> but let me check and see what the rest of the list goes. And I go, oh, Darnell Mooney, he's $500 cheaper. Sorry, yes, Alan. he is. Sorry, Alan. Cross Alan out and circled Mooney, and then I go, "I'm not playing Mooney over Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson's ride or die, man." And then, <laughs> and then I said, "Nah, I got to save as much money as I can to get those other top guys in my lineup. Mooney for the money, it is." So and that will take over. away the push. That takes away the push. We hit the over. Uh, the only other guy that I really, really liked in the lower price range is uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, he's facing Cincinnati in that game. He's already established himself as wide receiver two in Baltimore, possibly even wide receiver one. I, I think with all the drops that Marquise Brown has had this year, I, I believe that Lamar Jackson probably trusts Bateman more at this point than Marquise Brown. Yeah, that's very, very possible. Um, and he's somebody, actually, I started rostering last week. I looked and found him on the IR rather than waiting for it to be too late. Um, so that's why we didn't talk about him today. But yeah, if he if he's still sitting on your league's what league's uh, IR, get him, get him today, get him now. Put in a waiver claim. He is going to be one of those guys who is going to average six to eight catches per game. And if your league is PPR format, that's what you want to see. Absolutely. Okay, um, let's head on over to tight end. Well, tight end, uh, it got pretty bad last week, didn't it? It did. It did. But we hit on Ricky Seals, right? Ricky Seals-Jones came through with the touchdown, and his uh, additional numbers were very good, too. So that, that's a great pickup there. Uh, this week, I'm paying up for the top price guy on the board once again, and that's Travis Kelsey. Uh, as is tradition, Kelsey basically leads all tight ends in every receiving category. The only exception is Dawson Knox has one more touchdown than him. And that was coming into tonight's game. So if, if Knox scores again, maybe uh, we might see owners of Stefan Diggs start throwing things at their TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's that guy, Tavon Diggs? Is that his name in Dallas? Uh, uh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, has more touchdowns than his brother Stefan. Yes, that's got to be that's going to be a good one if it gets that way to Thanksgiving. That's all I know. Um we don't match. Um, I'm going to jump down to my stay away so we can really confuse people. I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey this week because the Titans coming into this week's game rank 30th in points allowed to the fantasy tight end position. And remember, i got to stay true to my I want those top wide receivers in my lineup, and I can't do that with Travis Kelsey in there. Um, so I'm sitting Kelsey. I'm staying away from him. Instead, I'm pivoting to a guy we stayed away from last week, and if i got to pay up for him, I'm going to pay up for Darren Waller against an Eagles team that just, they don't seem to be able to do much of anything right. They've kind of phoned it in. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because uh, you're talking about how Tennessee has one of the better teams in terms of playing against the tight end position. I actually looked into that too okay. because here's why. Tennessee, the best two tight ends they faced this year, are Mo Cox and Dan Arnold. That's the best two tight ends they've faced this year. 
There will be no slant. There will be no Mo'Ally Cox or Darnold slander. Dan Arnold, come on. Well, you know I love both those guys, but again, that's that's the best that we've seen face Tennessee. They haven't been tested yet. But Kelsey even, has faced Tennessee three times over the last three years. Two of those were playoff games. He scored in two of those games. If Tennessee ranked as the number one play for tight ends and giving up the most fantasy points by a large, large margin, I probably still am not playing Travis Kelsey this week. Well, I agree. It's a financial thing where yeah. you look at it and the st- said that you want to save that money to put those two big wide receivers in. Exactly. So, anyway, um, who are you paying up for? You well, that was Kelsey? my payup. My, my stay away. Your stay away. Who's that? Is TJ Hawkinson. Now, I, I'm not going to go on record and say that a much shorter than TJ Hawkinson will be covered by Jalen Ramsey this week. But, I mean, who else do the Rams have to worry about covering with Jalen Ramsey? Yes, nobody. You're right. Um, that's a good And point. Jalen Ramsey actually lines up against the slot receiver a lot anyways. So, I mean, TJ Hawkinson is basically the slot receiver for Detroit right now. What yes, the... it's a size mismatch. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, I really wanted to like Kyle Pitts enough to put him in as my pay-up, but I couldn't do it. And I didn't like him enough to say that he's my value play. Um, but I definitely gave Ockinson the evil eye. But I just uh, – $7,600 and $8,200 against the field was just screaming stay away. Understandable. I think, uh, I think we're going to get a match Who's your value here. play? I think we're going to get a match here. Um, so I wrote a name down, crossed it out, wrote a name down, crossed it out. Went back to the first name, circled it, crossed it out. Went back to the next name. I did this like four times. Okay? I'm going to give you one name first. I'm not going to tell you which one they are. Zach Ertz. Okay. The other name is CJ Uzama. Okay. You tell me, who did I decide to play? You know, I actually had both of those guys written down too. Okay. And... Obviously, then, if we both settled on the same guy, we'll have a match. Now, looking at the board here, Uzoma is $900 less on DraftKings, and he is actually $100 less only on FanDuel. So, you you could argue either of those two from a financial standpoint is a decent value. But I decided to go ahead... And give Zach Ertz my call this week. Uh, many folks leave the Northeast and settle down in Arizona when they get older. <laughs> well, Zach Ertz won't be quite the focal point in Arizona, obviously, as he was when he was younger in Philadelphia. But let's let's argue this out. Zach Ertz has the best quarterback he's ever had in Kyler Murray. And, and Houston, well, they're allowing an average of six catches, 68 yards, and a full touchdown per game to the tight end position. So they don't have anyone else in Arizona right now to play the tight end position. So I really like Zach Ertz this week. Okay. So my entire rant has been, I'm saving as much money as I can to get those wide receivers in my lineup, right? Yes. So on DraftKings, I might actually decide to play Uzoma instead of Ertz, but Ertz is who I picked. Now that $900 difference at three times value is, 2.7 2.7 points. Yes, I think that you can see Uzoma have that good game. I think we see Zach Ertz have that good game. That's the difference for me. 
I believe there's less risk playing Ertz. So unless it truly comes down to fitting him in and it just doesn't work, Ertz is my value play at quarter at um, tight end this week because, one, they did trade for him. Two, it all lines up like you said it does. And three, when you get a new toy, what do you want to do with it? You want to play with it. You want to show it off. If there's a week to bet on Zach Ertz, this is the week. Exactly. So I think that was four, five, six matches. Woohoo! Pretty good week. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. So I guess at this point, we're what? This will be, what are we, six weeks in? This is week seven? Yes. Which means we're basically a week off from the midway point on the old schedule. <laughs> now we're just a third of the way through the season, basically. Um, that one game is going to be interesting. Um, anyway, if you have questions, concerns, you want to you know, give Harley crap because he didn't mention Najee Harris earlier, stuff like that, get him on Twitter, at Nuclear Harley. You want to tell me that I did something wrong or, or whatever, then you can do that, at Steve Gallo NFL. You want to win your league and dominate it, not just win it, but dominate it. Bust out your wallet. Go go sign up for the huddle.com if you haven't done so yet. And then, of course, after you do all that, there's nothing wrong with celebrating pre-winning the championship, even if you do it weekly up until that happens. So that means get Blitz responsible. Cheers. <laughs>